just a verse. I'm, I've got a lot of, uh, uh, anyway, I'm not going to apologize ahead of time. I can apologize afterwards. And then I can say, well, hopefully they love me anyway. So, um, you know how in conversations you, you're, uh, you're listening spiritually for things. Thank you, Kyle. And um, somewhere in a conversation, Todd and I were working down here. We, uh, <laughs> we, we took a table down. We put it out in the front window. And uh, we, I have four dirty chairs upstairs, well, three more upstairs with that. And I have multiple tables. And so we came to the conclusion that we would uh, sell these by donation and just not make a price and just like if you see it or you know somebody, they can just make us a donation. And you can have the table and the chairs or one or the other, whatever. So I got, I got a lot of ones from our days of doing the roof. Everything on the top floor still has a lot of with the cracks where stuff was blown down through the cracks and then it got wet through the cracks and it's like, okay. So the, the fire department would love for me to remove a few things upstairs, as many things as possible. That was the last conversation we had. Uh, 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 recently, a few months ago, they came and I, they had their notebook and I thought, I'm going to get a piece of paper with a list. But no, they walked through and looked at all of it and then said, Thanks, and then they got a call. That could have been God. I don't know. Just you know, but they got a call that they needed to be across town. They said, "Ah, we'll come back some other time." Thanks for letting us look around. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> anyway, we we you know, and Todd's still working uh, toward a little bit at a time toward a recording studio up there in a couple of rooms, and it'd help if I got some other things out of there. Okay, enough of that, Lord. Um, Speak to each of us whatever you want to say to each of us. It doesn't have to have anything to do with these scriptures. Your children are listening. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have come to be with us and that we're never alone. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So in my conversation yesterday, we somewhere, it wasn't something that was said, you know how verses kind of go through your head for no apparent reason, and the verse went through my head was, break up the fallow ground. So I tried writing that down, and I, that I would look that up later in the day. So the two passages, is there is, it's mentioned in Hosea, and it's, and it's mentioned again in Jeremiah, there might be another one, and so... Um, just know that I'm not I, I'm one of us I'm not getting on to us or through the pulpit getting on to us but some of this is not enjoyable I mean it's the truth but it is but other parts are enjoyable <laughs> you know but okay so the bad stuff first sort of Hosea chapter 10, verse 12 says, So with a view to righteousness, 
Reap in accordance with kindness. Break up the fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, until he comes to rain righteousness on you. So you know that concept is like if you're going to turn soil and you're going to put something down, you first got to break it up. Now the interesting thing is that in our backyard, this starting this past week, uh, a crew that we had scheduled came and cut all the grass down as low as it could be cut, and then they took their tiller and they broke up the fallow ground. And they were putting down sod on that. And they're putting water on it to keep it, you know, fresh grass. And so I'm experiencing this. So it makes me think about, yeah, I should, I should, should think about righteousness and think about kindness. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes to rain righteousness like spring rain. We were happy for some spring rain this week because it, we didn't have to, or Patsy was doing most of the watering. In fact, she was doing almost all the watering on the side. I got all these little, they're like puzzle parts, y'all. I don't really have an image of them. So I think two weeks ago, Lenola sent me a note. Uh, Lenola and Todd, you know, do the afternoon. And Lenola sent me a note and said, um, I just want to tell you that I decided I would clean the kitchen. And in my clean the kitchen, I rearranged some things. And so I'm concerned that you'll walk in there in the dark and throw the light and you won't be able to find anything. I said, I, you, you had, like the movie, you, you had me at, I'm going to clean the kitchen. I mean, that, that, that was, you know, okay, right. So then yesterday she sends another note. She says, you know, I'd like to work on the stage next door. So she started working on the stage, and Todd and I were upstairs getting the table and stuff, and we walked by the sign that we had out that was the vineyard sign when the building next door was 421 Broad Street. And the church name was Vineyard Christian Fellowship before the national wanted to change stuff. And they didn't all change. Some did. I was compliant and changed our name. And uh, it's got these grapes and stuff on And she sent a picture yesterday afternoon and, and had put it, stood it on the back of the stage next door, this sign from the 1990s, I guess. I don't, I don't know how old this sign is. And it's still kind of nice, you know, but it's old, faded. Break up the fallow ground. We're breaking up the fallow ground in the backyard. Anola has got this in her head to clean, to do like spring cleaning. You remember there's the thing in Jewish behavior about this, that they do spring cleaning in their houses, and it's a spiritual cleaning too. It's not just taking stuff out. It's about spiritually setting things in order. I don't know if that comes before Passover or after Passover, but it is around. We, you know, we have Easter, but it's 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 that time period. So, 
old things still have relevance. You're hearing that just then. That's true too. Okay, that's another puzzle part. I need to <clears throat> I need to write these down somewhere. That's good. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter four. I have little markers, but I don't find the little markers because I got so many little markers. Jeremiah chapter four, verses one through four. And I'm using this not totally out of context of whatever is in the scripture. So, if you will return, O Israel, declares the Lord, then you should return to me. And if you will put away your detested things from my presence and will not waver, and you will swear as the Lord lives in truth, in justice, and in righteousness, then the nations will bless themselves in you in him and in him they will glory for thus says the lord to the men of judah and to jerusalem break up your fallow ground and do not sow among thorns circumcise yourselves to the lord and return and remove the foreskins of your heart you know make make yourself tender again men of judah and inhabitants of jerusalem or else my wrath will Go forth like fire and burn with none to quench it because of the evil of your deeds. The church always goes first in every nation. In every nation where the church is, the church gets there first. Be it good or be it self-centered, or heaven forbid evil, the church gets there first. And because of that, because the church is God's people, God brings discipline to the church first. Something is wrong in America. Something is badly wrong in America. We know the numbers are going down in churches for different reasons, the younger generations, different things, but, but I don't think that the craziness in the country, that the recent one in, in Texas, just now we lost eight people at a mall. Um, my son-in-law rides the F train in New York. He wasn't there Monday when events occurred with the guy that was having issues, but that's the train he takes. Uh, from from his office, and they were out protesting on on the on the at the stations along the F train. So he's had to find a different train to take for a while. Those are just two. Th I mean, we got stuff. And it's not just because our news likes to like to run stuff. I think, and because they're they're wanting to make money through ad stuff. No, America has got. We could just start making a giant list of stuff. There's, there's a lot of things, a lot of things going on. And so to me, the pulse is somewhere a number of the Christians are not walking with God in, in such a pattern that God wants them to walk in. So we're like the scripture that says, 
ever seeing but not seeing, ever hearing, but their ears have become dull. You know, would that you would turn. You know, talking to Israel, but, but you know, it's, it talks to us. Turn to, with me to Isaiah 59. I'm trying to decide whether I want to read this first. So many verses. I may just, I just may not read them. Um, or some of it. Chapter 59. Behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save, nor is his ear so dull that it cannot hear. That's, that's something worth holding on to right there. His hand is not so short that it cannot save, nor is his ear so dull that it cannot hear. There's always hope. There's always hope in every country. There's always hope with his people. There's always hope. He goes on talking to Israel and says, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and God and your and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity and your lips are spoken falsehood and your tongue mutters wickedness. It just, there's just a whole running thing here to it. Let me drop down to verse seven. Their feet run to evil. They hasten to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Devastation, destruction are in, are in their highways. They do not know the way of peace. There's no justice in their tracks. They have made their paths crooked. Whoever treads on them doesn't know peace. Therefore, justice is far from us, and righteousness doesn't overtake us. We hope for light, but behold darkness. For brightness, but we walk in gloom. We grope along the wall like blind men. We grope like those who have no eyes. We stumble at midday, as in the twilight, among those who are vigorous, they are like dead men. We groan like bears. We moan sadly like doves. We hope for justice and there is none. For salvation is far from us. For our transgressions have multiplied before you and our sins testify against us and our transgressions are with us. Verse 14, justice is turned back and righteousness stands far away for truth has stumbled in the street, and uprightness cannot enter. Yes, truth is lacking. He who turns away from evil makes himself a prey. We were going back and forth about what to do on the subways. Should we look the other way, or should we get involved? If we get involved, it depends on who is who is in authority, it may take you to jail because you're trying to help make it better. It's like, it's like 59 here is sort of like America. This is where America is, kind of. But there's, but God knows. God knew when Israel was in this place. He knows wherever our country is. He says, now the Lord saw First, second part of 15, and it was displeasing in his sight that there was no justice. And he saw that there was no man and was astonished that there was no one to intercede. 
Then his own arm brought salvation to him. And his righteousness upheld him. He put on righteousness like a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. And he put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself with zeal as a mantle. According to their deeds, so he will repay wrath to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, to the coastlands he will make recompense. And so they will fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. And he will come like a rushing stream which the wind of the Lord drives. A redeemer will come to Zion and to those who turn from transgression in Jacob and declares the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with him, says the Lord, verse 21. My spirit is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your offspring, nor from the mouth of your offspring's offspring, says the Lord, from now and forever. There is hope in his people because we are his people. Chapter 60, just just three more verses here. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise up up upon you. The The Lord will rise upon you and his glory will appear upon you. And nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your shining. I don't think 60... Chapter 60, those verses take place unless God's people place themselves, and this is one by one, we place ourselves in that place of saying, Behold, your servant is listening. Each each of us has each day, possibly, a job to do of the kingdom. And if all of the parts of all of his people do their part, just their part, I just need to do mine. You just need to do yours. But all of it together makes a change in a country, in a culture, in part of the world. It makes a change if we do that. And I'm speaking just in this moment in May. You know, it's like today's the 28th day since Easter. We're in the 40, we're in the 40 days of Jesus appearing off and on to his disciples. Pentecost is coming in 21 days. Next Sunday is Mother's Day. Next Sunday in 1980, Lonnie Frisbee came to the vineyard to Anaheim and changed the universe of the vineyard that Sunday night. That's been a long time. 1980. That's, that's uh, what, 43 years ago that Lonnie came? Um, I 
I wonder if the problems in America will do one or two things in the church. We'll wait and see. For some Christians, they are going to become fearful to a greater degree and are going to draw back even more. But for some others, they are going to rise up and do more by listening and watching and acting, walking in faith. So we're going to see, we won't see it, but we'll, we'll see it kind of. You know, it's like there's going to be some that should be doing stuff and they're, and they're not because they've become fearful. I mean, that's just normal human behavior. And, and others, others run to the battle. Um, may we run to the battle in the spirit and not in our natural flesh wanting to get involved. Um, if you've ever been in a, in a situation, um, I've told you all these different stories, you know. Uh, in 84, when we went to Anaheim to the MC 510, Signs and Wonders Conference is the first really big conference that the Vineyard had put on. And uh, the spirit was pretty strong. And the first time we had a ministry time, there was some praying for the sick down front in different places. Uh, and over on the side of the room that I was standing in, there was a guy that manifested um, a demonic presence. Uh, and I watched people, because I wasn't right there, I was just far enough back to see this, and the team came in, and uh, two or three, and helped take him to a more private place to help him with deliverance or whatever. But what amazed me were the other Christians they, they were like going to a spectacle of some kind. I mean, they climbed up on top of the chairs so they could get a better view. You know, the demonic pulls, draws up the natural in humanity, and the, your spiritual side, you would think they would have all gotten spiritual. They didn't. They got natural. It was like looking at a car wreck up close, you know, where other people get in a wreck because they've been looking, driving by a car wreck, and they're not doing a real good job of driving. Now we've got two cars in a wreck, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I'm trying to think, why was I telling you that? Let's go to John chapter 12, verse 26. So let's say that maybe, maybe let's just say that possibly America is going to get darker for a while. And possibly there's a lot of stuff. And the church will kind of have some that will be drawn to work and listen and some that will pull back. What do we need to be doing? What does he want you and I to do? John chapter 12, verse 26. If anyone serves me, he will follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. Okay? If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. It's so simple. 
but it's hard to do. It's something you have to work at. If you and I serve him, then to serve him, we have to follow. And he gives all of us different things to do at different days and times. And where I am, there my servant will be also, so that you and I were going to be involved in something that God's doing, what God Jesus is doing, so we'll be, we'll be there. And if anyone serves me and shows up and is there, then the Father's going to honor, honor you. Okay. Verse, chapter 12, verse 35. This has been following up on the story of Lazarus that I talked from last week. You know, and a lot of people have come to watch because they want to see Jesus, and they also other ones want to see the dead guy that came out of the tomb. So they're coming to see Lazarus, and they're coming to see Jesus, you know, and, and uh, crowds are there, they're wanting to know things, and now they're saying, well, maybe he is the Christ, and uh, yeah, well, what's this business that he's talking about? The Son of Man must be lifted up. Who is this Son of Man? They're just, they're just talking uh, like people do. Verse 35, Jesus says to them, for a little while longer, the light's among you. Walk while you have the light, so that darkness will not overtake you. Okay. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons of light. Walk while you have light. Drop down to verse 42. I'm, I'm trying to piece together pieces because they're all so many chapters of things. He's just quoted, John's just quoted Isaiah, and he says, verse 42, Nevertheless, many even of the rulers believed in him. Because of the Pharisees, they were not confessing him for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the approval of men rather than the approval of God. They love the approval of men rather than the approval of God. I think there's probably every day some Christian somewhere God's spoken to, given them something to do, and they have weighed the moment and chosen not to do it because they think, I might look stupid. You know? I mean... This might look stupid. Doesn't matter how big the church is. But probably the larger the number of people, the more pressure there is that comes on you not to do the thing that you think, I might not look so good doing this. 
And what if it is the will of God, really? And you, because you don't walk over there and do that and say that, that you've missed out on a blessing and God can send somebody else to that other person. But the moment passes. John chapter 13. By now you're saying, what in the world is he talking about? He is all over the place and none of this makes any sense and it doesn't go together. And it still may not go together by the time I get through it. It's chapter 13. Now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus knowing that his hour had come, that he would depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own, who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, the devil, having already put into the heart of Judas to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come forth from God and was going back to God, got up from the supper. You know, they've been laying diagonally, sort of, you know, with the tables the way they do stuff. He laid aside his garments. And taking a towel, he girded himself. He poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel for which he was girded. Now, you know, this is the lowliest job you can possibly do. They had people outside of all the buildings that was really, and life was really hard, and this was about all they could do. And, they, and people would be nice enough that if they would clean the filth of the street, of the animals and the manure and everything out on the street off of the people's feet, they would give them a small coin. It was the most, the lowest place in the culture was the ones that sat outside and washed people's feet. The lowliest place. The most embarrassing place that you wouldn't want to find yourself that they would say to themselves, even as they probably paid someone some, thank goodness, I'm not washing his feet. Verse 6. So Jesus has been working around the room. He gets to Simon Peter. He says to him, Lord, Peter does, Lord, do you wash my feet? Verse 7, Jesus answered and said to him, What I do, you do not realize now, but you will understand hereafter. And Peter said to him, Never, 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 never shall you wash my feet. And Jesus answered, and said, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. This is a dividing issue. You think this is an embarrassment. That me, the teacher, and whatever, and, and I have taken on the role of the lowliest servant here. I'm telling you, Peter, this is, this is, this is, the, this is the place. 
what I'm doing. You're not going, you don't understand this, but this is the moment. This is going to mark the future with you guys. This is the dividing place. It's one of the last things I'm going to do on this side with you before this starts and the crucifix, all the rest of it starts. Man, Simon Peter says to him, Lord, well then wash me, not only my feet, but my hands and my head. <laughs> He's all in. He's always all in, one or the other. <laughs> Never, Lord. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Jesus saying to him, get behind me, Satan. You know, and he's just said, well, who do you say to him? Well, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. Peter, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. My Father in heaven did. I, 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 you know, upon this, I call you rock. I, upon this, I'm going to build my kingdom. <laughs> no, Peter's always one side to the other, back and forth. It gives me hope for all of us. <laughs> Jesus says to him in 10, He who has bathed needs only to wash his feet, but it's completely clean, and you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew the one who was betraying him, and for this reason he had said, Not all of you clean. So then he had washed their feet and taken his garments and so reclined at the table again. And he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? If they'd been honest, they'd go, mm -mm. I, I, I don't quite get what's going on, but I can tell it's tense in here. <laughs> yeah. You call me te teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. If I have placed myself in the lowliest position in the culture and I am the Messiah, which you all believe, and I am the, the wise teacher, I am the Lord, then your attitude needs to be toward each other just like what I just did. Truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you, triple underlined in my Bible now, do them. If you do them. The church in America is in terrible shape because the church in America has not placed itself in this position toward one another. And by not putting ourselves in this position, the Holy Spirit, the dove of heaven, is holding back in places. So therefore, there's not signs and wonders, there's not manifest presence going on. So therefore, the church says we have power, but we don't have any. And we see a trickle of signs and wonders taking place across the world, across the church. And it's the thing, if, if, if you've, I've been reading through John, and it's story after story after story that John has strung together 
to show that Jesus is Jesus. He is the Messiah. By just putting together a group of stories that have happened. And we see God doing things. And he's not just doing it. He's, he's also being the trainer. He's being the illustration. He's basically saying, you came with me. I called you out. You said, yes, you'd be my disciple. You, we travel as a group of people. I'm the teacher. You're the follower. Do what I do. He gets them into all kinds of trouble. Well, Lord, there's not, we don't have enough money to feed all them. And he's just told them, well, you go feed them. <laughs> he, he set them up for a failure. Okay, it's time for a show and tell. You know, it's a training thing. So, so what does he say? Well, what do you got? Well, well, there's a boy here with a couple of fish and a couple of little pieces of bread. Well, bring it over here. He blesses it. He starts breaking it up. He says, go give it out. He, have them sit in groups of 50s and 100s. He feeds everybody. Two fish, some loaves or little loaves of bread from a boy with a little basket that has come along. And, and he says, okay, we don't want to lose any leftovers. Pick them up. And they pick up 12 baskets full of leftovers that came from these little things. Is, it, is he just going, ta-da, I'm God. I just wanted to show you. I just wanted to do a little trick for you. Or is he saying, this is how it works. You have a need. You don't have enough stuff. You turn to God and go, help. Humble yourself. What do you want me, what do you want me to do? That's what he's saying to him. What do you want me to do? I'm not going to be here doing this all the time. I'm demonstrating today with you, but you're going to find yourself in this position over and over and over. Too many people, not enough money, not enough whatever, and you're going to need to do something. And the, and the church in this country and other countries needs to be put in a position where if God doesn't show up, they got egg on their face, nothing is going to happen. And hopefully we will center ourselves, we'll get still, we'll listen, and go, what do you want me, me to do? Show me something. Tell me something. Give me a cut. Just, just draw me. To, just what do you want me to do? And if there's two or three of us together, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? One more. Chapter 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love, have love for one another. There are currently, according to the Catholics, and they've been a good 
keeping score. I was listening to Simon Ponsonby, you know. I probably told you this last week, but uh, Simon had mentioned, he says, you know, Protestants, it's been a while since the Protestant Reformation. There are currently 35,700 different groups of Protestants meeting in the world. And this came from the Catholics because they only got two groups of kinds of Catholics. But we, the protesters, have now subdivided. It's taken us a while to get there, over 500 years. But yeah, we're up to 35,700 and something. Counting, it just keeps adding on, sort of like the national debt in America. We're just dividing more. We're, it's okay if we'll do what he just said. we just wash each other's feet and we just love each other like Jesus loved them if we would do those things awakening would happen in this country because the spirit would start coming and people that are going around going I'm not sure there is really a God I don't know who made this universe sorry some foreign entity that's left the universe They'd have an encounter with God of some sort that they could not explain. And before they knew it, they'd be believing him. You know? I haven't heard of any Christians, you, you may know some, in the United States where they got up the next morning, a, a household, and everybody had had the same dream that night that Jesus was God, and they got up believing have, have you any of you heard? I mean, I really, I haven't heard of it in America. It happens in Muslim countries fairly often. A whole people group have the same dream on the same night. Jesus comes to them and says, I'm God. But get up, believers. Now they got a problem. You know, they kind of learned how to talk about it without talking about it. It's embarrassing. God looked and he could not find an intercessor, so he chose his own son to come. Help us, Lord. Now, I'm stuck. It's 1146, and I didn't think of it. Like, how in the world am I going to get out of this? Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus, you have sent the Holy Spirit. We're coming up on Pentecost historically, but we ask because the Holy Spirit has come that you increase our sensitivity to your voice, to, to seeing what you want us to see, hear what you want us to hear, speak to us through each other, speak to us through Scripture, speak through us through events. Break up our fallow ground, Lord. Cause your spring rains to fall upon us. Fill us with humility. May we walk as Jesus told us to walk and love one another. And may we humble ourselves to the point, if really, of washing each other's feet, whatever that is. May we do it for your glory 
because we're your kids. We know you love us anyway, but we want to be part of the family business. We really do. In Jesus' name, amen.